0: And eternal joys through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.
1: Still breathing threats and murder against the, of the, word, the disciples of the Lord, went to the high priest and asked him for letters to the synagogues of the Masses, so that if he found any belonging to the way, men or women, he might bring them down to Jerusalem. Now, as he went on his way, he approached the Masses.
0: So the singing of the Alleluia. The disciple, whom Jesus loved, therefore said to Peter, It is the Lord. When Simon Peter heard that it was the Lord, he put out his own garden, for he was for work, and threw himself into the sea. The other disciples came to the boat, dragging the net full of fish, but they were not far from the land, but about a hundred yards off.
1: When they got out on the land, they saw
0: a charcoal fire in place with fish laid out and bread. Jesus said to them, Bring some of the fish that you have just Simon, of Peter remember, were involved in that shore, full of large fish, 153 of them. And although there were so many, the net was not shown. Jesus said to them, Come and have breakfast. None of the disciples there asked him, Who are you being knew It was the Lord. Jesus came and took the bread and gave it to them, and so the fish. This was now the third time that Jesus revealed to the disciples that Jesus was revealed to the disciples after it says the of the continue the sermon, Him with high delight, let us unite on page 10 and 11. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. When you think about images of Jesus, there are certain comforting images that come to mind, maybe from the wall of a Sunday school room or grandma's house. A favorite is Jesus as the Good Shepherd holding an injured lamb in his arms, bringing that lamb safely and gently back home. Like the image of Jesus knocking on the door. Jesus teaching his disciples. Also comforting in their own way are images of Jesus suffering on the cross because we know Jesus is suffering there for us. But I do not recall too many pictures of the conversion of St. Paul. There's nothing comforting about this scene. Paul then called Saul is on his way from Jerusalem to Damascus to arrest followers of Jesus and bring them back to be tried and imprisoned, or worse. Saul hates Christians. Saul is present and supports the stoning of Stephen to death, an early deacon in the Christian church. Saul is zealous about stopping Christians by whatever means necessary, and he's breathing threats and murder on his way north to Damascus. Saul's an important person on a mission for the high priest. It's 150 miles, give or take, to get to Damascus, so Saul is likely riding a horse along with an armed guard from the high priest to ensure the success of his mission. Saul's riding high, bold and confident, convinced he is on the right path, that he is doing God's work, getting rid of those foolish followers of Jesus. Saul is riding high, but it all changes in an instant. Now, as he went on his way, he approached Damascus, and suddenly a light from heaven shone around him. And falling to the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And he said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and enter the city and you will be told what you are to do. This is not the gentle good shepherd carrying a wounded lamb. This is the King of kings and the Lord of lords. This is Jesus demonstrating that his is the kingdom. His is the power. His is the glory forever and ever. Jesus knocks Saul to the ground and leaves him lying there, a broken man, blinded and bewildered, unable to eat or drink. This is not a comforting scene, but it is a valuable scene. Saul is zealous about religion. He's a firm believer, but he believes the wrong thing. Saul is fully committed to the cause, and Saul is wrong, and Jesus tells him, that he's wrong. There's a powerful temptation to never want to believe that someone else is wrong, and an even even greater temptation to never want to believe that you are wrong. It's so easy to follow after the wrong things of life, to be led astray by the ways of the devil and the world and your own sinful nature. It's an easy thing to fall into false teachings, as shown by the billions of people That follow false religions. And how do you know what is right. And what is wrong. Do you go with your gut. Do you trust your feelings. This is what Saul is doing. And he finds out that he's wrong. And how did Saul find out that he's wrong. Through the word of God. Jesus spoke directly to Saul. How do you find out that you're wrong. God speaks to you through Holy Scripture. That is your rule and norm of what is right and what is wrong. Jesus knocks Saul to the ground and tells him he's wrong and leaves him there dazed and blind with instructions to go into the city. This is not a comforting image because in this image you can see a picture of God's law working on you and knocking you down from your high horse, and leaving you convicted and guilty, knowing that you are wrong. Blind Saul is led into Damascus, where he's there three days without sight, or food, or water, a shell of his former bold, confident self. The Lord sends a follower of Jesus named Ananias to go to Saul. Ananias is hesitant, since he knows Saul is there hunting Christians. And we hear the Lord's final instruction to Ananias, and this is more discomforting than Saul being left on the ground blind. The Lord tells Ananias, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Acts 9.16, for I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. I've never had anyone choose this as their confirmation verse. I've never seen it on a wall hanging at Hobby Lobby. Nobody has this on a bracelet. Because this is not what people want to hear. It's not a comforting verse. For I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. There's a great temptation for pastors to teach That if you become a Christian, life will get better, everything will be easier, you'll have no more problems. Join our church and your family troubles, your money troubles, your life troubles will all go away. But it's a lie. For Saul and for you, being a follower of Jesus can bring suffering. Your suffering for the sake of Jesus will likely not be as dramatic as for Saul who becomes known as Paul. I pray you will never be stoned and beaten and imprisoned and executed because of Jesus. But you will all suffer. You will suffer for simply speaking the truth in love to people that don't want to hear the truth. Many do not want to hear that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father except through him. Many do not want to hear that the Ten Commandments are still God's commandments and not just antiquated, outdated suggestions. Many do not want to hear that their feelings are not authoritative, but rather that God's word is. Many do not want to hear that marriage is a man leaving his father and mother and being united to his wife and the two becoming one flesh. Speaking the truth in love can bring the quiet suffering of being ostracized from family, from friends, from work, from society, because you're not constantly conforming your beliefs and practices to whatever the latest and greatest new thing that you're told that you must believe and celebrate or face the consequences. School and work can become very stressful. Family gatherings become strained. You may suffer quietly because you do the right thing when doing the right thing is not popular. You speak up for the weak and vulnerable to protect them from the powerful. You defend the defenseless. You reach out to the outcast. You'll quietly suffer all the big and little struggles as you faithfully do what you've been given to do as father, mother, child, grandparent, sister, brother, friend, worker. You endure quietly as you get up early and fight traffic and do your job well because that's what you've been given to do to support your family. You endure quietly as you patiently change endless diapers and hold and rock your screaming infant even when it feels like such a lonely, difficult, thankless vocation. You quietly struggle to keep Sunday mornings set apart for worship, diligently fight the temptations to give up meeting together. You suffer quietly as you struggle against that secret sinful desire instead of giving in to the desire and embracing the sin. Jesus does not promise you a comfortable life. He promises you eternal life. And with that promise, you can live each day in the joy of the Lord and in the peace of the Lord even as you struggle through life. Being a follower of Jesus is not a ticket to a life of ease. Jesus does not promise you will achieve the American dream. Having a great job and a fancy house and expensive cars and health and wealth is not a sign that you're a faithful follower of Jesus. Jesus does not give guarantees for physical abundance in this life. But he gives certain wonderful guarantees for eternity. This is the great good news. Christ is risen. He is risen indeed. Hallelujah. And because Christ is risen, it is proof certain that Jesus is the Son of God. Jesus' death and resurrection are credited to you in your baptism. Your sins are forgiven and you have eternal life. Saul getting knocked down and blinded is not comforting. It reminds you of God's law working on you. The Lord showing Saul how much he must suffer for Jesus' name is not comforting. The king of kings and the Lord of lords shows his power to Saul. For the Lord does not leave Saul in broken blindness. Ananias departed and entered the house. And laying his hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus, who appeared to you on the road by which you came, has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately something like scales fell from his eyes and he regained his sight. And he rose and was baptized. The Lord does not leave you in your sins. He does not leave you knocked down and broken by God's law. He announces to you that your sins are forgiven. He feeds you with his very body and blood. He cleanses you and sends you to speak the truth and love to your neighbor and spread the good news of forgiveness in Jesus. Jesus knocks Saul down and then he lifts him up giving him the Holy Spirit in baptism. Saul was lost and Jesus found him. He was blind but now he sees. He sees the truth about Jesus and he spends the rest of his life proclaiming that Jesus is the Christ and Christ is risen. risen This enemy of Christians is changed by the word of God into the greatest missionary of all times and the author of 13 books of the Bible. The conversion of St. Paul may not be comforting, but it clearly shows the power of God's word to save sinners. Maybe alongside the pictures of Jesus as the gentle good shepherd, we should add a few pictures of the conversion of Paul to remember the power of God's word to save sinners, including you, including me. Amen. And now may the peace of God, the peace that is beyond understanding, keep your hearts and minds in true faith until our Lord Jesus returns in glory. Amen. We rise and confess our faith in the words of the Nicene Creed. Crucified also for us under conscious prior. He suffered and was buried. And the third day he rose again, according to the scriptures, and ascended into heaven, and sits at the right hand of the Father. And he will come again in glory to judge both the living and the dead, whose kingdom hath the end. And I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Lord and giver of life, who proceeds from the Father and the Son.
2: by the prophets. And I believe one holy
0: Christian and apostolic church, I acknowledge my baptism for the commission of sins, and I look for the resurrection of the dead and the life of the world to come. For Alzheimer's, whose mother has liver cancer and upcoming surgery. For Rita Burnett recovering from knee surgery. Flo Harbin who's in hospice care. For Dave Kelby, the Federation and Treasurer, who's home from the hospital recovering from blood clots. A prayer of thanksgiving for Cora and dear care and the birth of a healthy baby girl, Myra. And for the family of Ralph Sella, for this daughter. In peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. In thanksgiving for the powerful word and spiritual food that our Lord alone provides, who we may worthily hear and receive it and fulfill his will for our lives, let us pray to the Lord. Lord have mercy. For strong hearts and voices to meditate upon the splendor of the resurrection of Christ and to speak of the light of his awesome deeds of salvation, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. Church of God, that many men would be called to the service of the Church and suffer for the Gospel, confounding their enemies with Christ's wisdom. Let us pray to the Lord. For all the fathers and mothers and daughters of God would the strengthen their faith and the increase their joy in the Gospel, that they would declare the mighty acts of God in the generation to come. Let us pray to the Lord. For our rulers and all nations of the earth, that God who orders all nations would inspire as church to shepherd them unto eternal life, let us pray, Lord. Lord, For those who struggle among us, especially Becky, Sean, Brian, Alan, Jerry Stanley, Amy, Reba, Flo, Dave, Cora, Garrett, and Myra, and Ralph's Span- family, that God will give them faith and grace and be glorified through their trials. Let us pray to the Lord.
2: Lord. Have
0: mercy. For joyful hearts worthily to receive the body and blood of Christ on this morning of his resurrection, that we too would rise on the last day. Let us pray to the Lord. Lord. Have mercy. All these things and whatever else you know that we need, grant us, Father, for the sake of him, who died and rose again and now lives and reign with you the Holy Spirit one God forever. We will all accompany company of heaven and
2: be loved and magnified in your glorious name.
0: His body and His blood the cross. Gathered in the name and remembrance of Jesus, we beg you, Lord, to forgive, renew, and strengthen us with your word and spirit. Grant us faithfully to eat His body and drink His blood as He bids us to do in His own testament. Gather us together and pray for the ends of the earth. To celebrate with all the faithful, the marriage feast of the Lamb, His kingdom, which has no end. Graciously receive our prayers. Deliver and preserve us. You alone, Father, be all glory, honor, and worship of the Son and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Lord, remember us in your kingdom and teach us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name, thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our day. And forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. The thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. Our Lord Jesus Christ, the night of was betrayed took bread. And when he given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take. You know, for one another, through Jesus Christ, your Son, our Lord, who lives to reign with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever.